Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Yes, good morning all and welcome to The Ruck, uh, the morning after the first test. The Lions defeated the Wallabies 23-21. Both Timmy and uh, Matt Burke involved in calling that game. They share that Brisbane studio. Morning, men. Morning, guys. Morning, yeah, time. Berkey. Uh, interesting driving in here this morning. There's uh, a lot of British and Irish Lions supporters just Still walking home. Yeah, we nearly, <laughs> nearly skittled a few coming into the studio. <laughs> Try actually, harder next time, would you? I think they're actually horizontal at the moment <laughs> yes. as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They still have their red jerseys on, though. Yeah, ex- as they should. An amazing game of footy. We're going to get to that in great detail over the next couple of hours. We're right from the top because, obviously, the Wallabies very busy moving around uh, and recovering and starting with the planning and thinking about... Uh, who they're going to get in to cover the thousand injuries. But one man who has agreed to speak to us right here, right now, from the off, he is the captain of the Brumbies. Uh, he made his debut. And last night, as I was watching on the telly and I saw the anthems, uh, a man who was absolutely bellowing out the Australian anthem, which I think we won. I think we won the anthems, by the way. He's, of course, <laughs> Ben Moen, and he joins us now. G'day, mate. G'day, guys. Now, obviously, uh, heartbreak in terms of that result, but... Uh, just some joy first. The look on your face when you went out of that stadium and saw those 52,000 people, and as I said, standing shoulder to shoulder and screaming out the anthem must have been a great moment for you. Oh, look, mate, it was. It was, you know, seeing the anthem there in a uh, Wallabies jersey is what I've been dreaming about uh, since I was a little bloke. So uh, to get that opportunity to do that um, in front of my home crowd was just amazing. Hey, Benny, um, Tim here, mate. I saw your mum and dad at the team run on Friday and they for the first time when Tom Lawton the classic Wallaby presented the jerseys to the team um, parents and mentors of the players were allowed to watch that presentation that must have been pretty moving having your mum and dad there as well yeah it definitely was Timmy it was um, obviously a very special experience when you um, received that first test jersey but to be able to share that with your your parents I think was particularly important and and well done by the the Wallaby's management here you know, you, it's a great reward for the players when you reach that level, but it's really also an amazing reward for your family and friends that have supported you to get that far. So, very special day. Benny, take us to the game. Uh, you controlled the line-outs the other night, uh, which was obviously a great thrill. You put a fantastic tackle on Mike Phillips on that right-hand side there. It was like a, a, a sack in court in, uh, in NFL football. Uh, emotions must have been running pretty high for you. You enjoyed yourself. Yeah, mate, I had an absolute ball and, um, you know, you just, you, ho- you hope that, uh, you can just get on the field and, and make some good contributions to the team. And look, I, I felt pretty good out there and, and, you know, hopefully if I get another chance, I think I can, uh, take my game to that next level. But it was certainly just an amazing experience. All right, there's those joys that happened during the game. Then, of course, it was the heartbreak of just not getting there in the end. And, we, you know, Curtly Beal, I saw James Horwell obviously consoling him after the slip and, and missing that, that goal. What was the mood in the rooms after, obviously taking positives out of it for looking ahead for next week and beyond, but what was the feeling in the camp once you got back in the room? No, look, the feeling was pretty good. Um, you know, we, although we were extremely disappointed not to get a result, it was um, yeah, a, a massive effort just to put ourselves in a position to to win the game because, you know, we, we dropped so many players throughout the game and it's very hard to keep your momentum and, and your combination going when 
you've got your open side flanker playing inside centre for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, there, there was lots of challenges throughout the game. And I think, you know, to, to get to that point where we had the opportunity to win the test, um, I think it was a massive reward and says loads about this group. Uh, Benny, what what did Will Guinea say? I, I saw James Hall was being interviewed straight after the game and Will Guinea brought the team together. Uh, what was said in that circle on the field about uh, three or four minutes after the match? Oh, look, mate, it was just to, just to go back and, and reflect and make sure that we t- take the positives out of last night. Um, obviously, playing in a three-test series, you've got to make sure that you tick through your work reasonably quickly and you have the ability to take a loss on board but then draw on the things that you need to take into next week. And, you know, seven days' time comes around really quickly and we've just got to make sure that uh, come that Melbourne test, we're firing. Benny, what about... I mean, you guys do the hard work. You, you know, you're going to be up against a, a pretty big pack last night in the, in the lines. How good is it to look up and see someone like Israel Folau, especially after you went 15, 16 phases of defence, Genia takes the quick tap. You're probably thinking to yourself, mate, just put it out. And all of a sudden, you both go 90. And, and what a fantastic effort that was from you guys. Oh, mate, I was laying on the ground. And <laughs> whenever you, you're a forward and you see a half-baked t- tap of full arm, you think, what the bloody hell is going on here? <laughs> and, <laughs> I, um, mate, I was, I was still dragging myself up off the 22 as, as he was putting it down under the post. So I didn't really have the energy to run the 80 metres to congratulate him, but I gave him a thumbs up from about 60 away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Benny, uh, one last quick one. Um, I, I did hear a rumour that you owe your dad a watch. Is that correct? Oh, mate, I think I made a promise when I was a young bloke that I would buy him a nice watch if uh, I ever played for Australia, and he's been at me every day since um, <laughs> I was announcing the squad. But, you know, he's after a tag, but I'm going to make sure I source a nice good tag, mate. You know, the ones that come from China or Hong Kong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt Burke's got one of those fake... Yeah. Matt Burke's got one of those fake Rolexes on now yeah. from Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Max got, he's got about 20 of them on the inside of his jacket, actually. He can sell them to you. Hey, hey Benny. Yeah. Hey, what about your teammate, Christian Liliafana? Do you, do you, he's got good memories of his 52 seconds in a Wallabies jersey. Mm. <laughs> Boy, no, I think it's the quickest to ever. And, you know, I, we were just making a joke afterwards that, uh, you know, that he had a GPS unit on. I think he clocked up 38 metres, uh, 30 of which was spent on the Medicaid coming off. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but mate, he's in very good spirits this morning. He's actually pulled up actually absolutely fine. And if he hadn't, um, you know, if he hadn't expired that concussion window, he actually would have been right to play. So, look, he's pulled up really well. So hopefully, uh, he gets another opportunity. Uh, all right, uh, Ben Mine. Look, thank you so much for talking to us this morning. Much appreciated, and well done. Congratulations on a terrific uh, debut in that gold jersey. Thanks very much, guys. Good on you, Benny. There he is. Ben Mine, when we come back, we will dissect this game. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can. One triple three five three. If you want to have a chat, you're a Lions fan, you can call to gloat if you're out there. Uh, obviously, I won't talk to you. But uh, <laughs> give it a crack. <laughs> this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. The Triple M. Rush Hour. The Ruck. Thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. The Lions 23 beat the Wallabies 21 last night in front of a uh, record crowd at packed Suncourt Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, the other test match, New Zealand 24, too good for France. Nine, although, gee, they, they kept them honest. For it was a, close, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Dan Carter was having problems with the boot as well. There was problems with the boot for uh, Australia last night in terms of goal kicking. Uh, didn't get there in the end. Curtly Beale did have that opportunity to uh, put the Wallabies in front. It didn't happen. All right, man, you were both there. You were both calling. We've talked about with to Ben Mowen about the atmosphere running out. What did it feel like? Oh, it was an amazing atmosphere, and uh, especially um, it was really the atmosphere started 
probably on Friday morning in the Queen Street Mall where I walked past a, a little bar or cafe that opened that served beer and at 10am there was probably <laughs> four or 500 British Lions supporters there drinking pints Drinking responsibly. Yeah. Yes, they were. <laughs> but the, the, uh, the Brisbane was a sea of red throughout the city uh, on Friday, on Friday night and even on Saturday morning, Berkey. Mm. Like, people walking to the ground that sort of by lunchtime getting to the bars and the restaurants and it was amazing atmosphere and they were, they were very well behaved too. They, um, they cheered after the Australian national anthem. I thought they were uh, pretty well done. I spoke to one of the one of the guys this morning uh, at outside the hotel, and he said, "Look, I, I said, you get on it." And he said, "Look, no, I wanted to watch the game. I, th- I yeah. think that was what it was this time around. Uh, you know, they 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 knew what the, they were going to come up against, as in what the Wallabies were going to bring, even though they hadn't played any games, and uh, and they were up for it. It was fantastic. You see all the. The, the the sea of red, uh, you know, walking to the grounds. Um, They're the, great supporters, aren't they? Because they throw all all around the grounds are all the different flags. You know, there's correct. George flags, there was English flags with uh, messages on for home. So they really know how to support a uh, sporting event. Yeah. They uh, they up the ante, didn't they? They get oh, that yeah. lions chant. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Even though, even a, few... a third of them were dressed as a barbershop quartet. I <laughs> yes. saw it. That's looking terrific. There were some there were some good outfits. <laughs> there was all right. Well, what, to the game itself. As I said, we spoke to Ben Moe, and there is obviously disappointment. But you would expect there's some positive things that they could take out of uh, the Wallabies? Yeah, I think, uh, Birkin, you'd agree. Probably both sides um, have a, have, will get a lot better uh, for the run, especially yeah. with the Lions as well, having that side together for the first time. The Wallabies team's been in camp for three weeks, so you would think both teams can get better by how much you don't know. Um, but Israel Folau was obviously outstanding. Uh. I mean, the first try he scored... Most wingers in Test rugby would would have scored that, yep. but that second try was was special. The way he showed the ball, um, stood stu- stood up Johnny Sexton and got around Lee Harpenny was brilliant. There was a couple of moments in the game. There was that scrum in about ten minutes in where our our guys looked like they're on roller skates. Oh, you yeah. thought that was a statement. Thought, here we go, here yeah. we go. And then I think when it went the other way, when the Wallabies, as I mentioned before, they defend for about fifteen phases. And then Genia takes the tap and goes, and everybody was expecting him to just to kick the ball yeah. out, take a breather. And they went the 90 yards, and they scored the try. It was fantastic. But the construction of play from both teams, perhaps a little bit better from from the uh, from the British Norris Lions. Yeah. And, and talk about exploiting, talk about owning the, the situation. When Michael Hooper went to 12, and they played that play, that behind play, yeah. Cuthbert comes through and scores the try. That was just smart play. Whether it came from the coaching staff to yeah. call that play, but they got through. Look, and I don't think, but, but Berkey, I don't think the injuries uh, worried the Wallabies. So when um, when Barnes went off, it didn't really worry because Curtly Beal came on. Yeah. When Christian Liliofano went off in that first minute, Pat McCabe came on. Yeah. There was no problems. There. It was until the last 20 minutes, as you say, when Michael Hooper had to go at inside centre. That's when it changed the game. You'd be pretty filthy as a coach when you you, you know you've got your well, there's eight replacements. You can use seven of them. Uh, not being able to put them on at your own discretion is like, oh, there goes another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. So that was the hardest part that I'm sure Dean's found out last night. Yeah, they got dealt a bit of a tough hand, but you've got to deal with it. You've got to be able to, you know, to play. And, and when Michael Hooper made a, made a good run at once, yeah. he was there from inside centre. What, yeah. what, Timmy Horan esque. The hair didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> if Israel Folau, obviously his debut was spectacular. The other number that's been talked about in the lead up uh, a great deal was the number 10. What did you make of James O'Connor's performance? Oh, I think he, for me personally, I just think he really struggled to ignite the players outside of him. Um, and, you know, I always thought, well, see, when he plays for the Melbourne Rebel, he's a wonderful player. And, um, but he, he always thinks his first two thoughts of what can I do for myself, mm-hmm. uh, where his first two thoughts in a test match has to be what can I do for the players outside and, mm. and pass the ball, move the ball and try and ignite that back line. Um, and he just got a little bit, he got a bit caught up and wasn't at first receiver all the time. And Will Genia was looking up, trying to find who was going to run the play. And a lot of the times he wasn't there. Yeah. And then when, when Bill did come on, 
uh, he controlled a little bit from from ten. Probably the best bit of play was when he was one wider. As O'Connor was one wider, yeah. he made that gap, he made that short line. So, will they stick with him? Um, who, who? I think so. Uh, do they bring in like a Matt Tamua perhaps to cover, who did incredibly well for the Brumbies on Tuesday night? Will Quade Cooper get a start? Yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, and the injuries and how they will be covered very shortly. Uh, Timmy's got some inside information, I think, on the, the injuries. Uh, Dr. But, Horan. Yeah. How did, how did you enjoy Berkey? Because, uh, Tim, you've been in the commentary box uh, all year. How did you enjoy your stint in the in the commentary box, my friend? Yeah, it was good. It was squashy, though. I, I tell you, look where the other boys were, and they, as in Timmy's crew, and they would... Yeah. It's palatial. It's, it's a bit like we have the Qantas lounge, don't you? You guys just, <laughs> you guys just sit outside. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you both got, both got involved. Obviously, there was the, the it was moment. a lot of fun. Curtly Beale, uh, he got to step up and see if he could put Australia in front at the end. This is uh, the commentary from Channel Ten. And now, Curtly Beale gets an opportunity to step up and be the man for the moment. Actually, it looks like James O'Connor has grabbed the ball. No, it is Curtly Beale. Curtly Beale. All the pressure is on him right now. And where, where's John Eels when we need him? <laughs> where's Matt Burke when you need where's him? Where's Matt Burke when we need him? <laughs> now, Berkey, take us through this because this is to win the match. This is to win the match. This is about the process you go through. The, the amount of kicks you've done throughout your career, the captain drum. There's nothing like a bit more noise. The more noise, the better on this occasion. Because it's like white noise. Go through your motions. Has he got the length, Burkey? He'll, he'll have the length, no doubt about it. He's, he's a 50-metre kicker. He's a kicker easily. It's about just putting a good strike on it. Well, 12 years ago, it was a horror movie on Vulture Street at the Gabba. Can Kirtley Beal turn this into a box office hit on Paxton Street? Unbearable moments here for the Lions players and their supporters. Oh, he slipped. He slipped. Oh, he slipped. That is it. Seconds to go. Kirtley Beal. Downcast. Two pressure penalty goals missed by the Australians. And the Lions escape from jail. What What a build-up. What, what about Matt Burke calling for Matt Burke yeah, to be out there? The back well, of the the, box do you know that? why, though? Do you know why, though? Because <laughs> years you, you, ago, uh, I think I was... I was playing the game. It was when I kicked the goal in 2002 yeah. and Gordon was commenting. He goes, where's John Eels? He's like, oh, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm actually out there <laughs> on the field. What about me? Snorky was, Sterlow was going to yell out, hey, what about me? <laughs> All right, hang on to that thought because we're going to come back and when we come back, we'll uh, go through the Fox commentary call of that uh, and so much more. Go through the injuries. All on the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Thanks to Rebel. The Triple M. Rush Hour. Lions 23 uh, beat the Wallabies 21 last night and as we heard was that uh, last moment the Kirtley Beal attempt goal where Berkey he just uh, lost his footing just at that crucial moment. He did. It was a um, it was a wet deck from the obviously of the Friday. There was lots of rain there, but unfortunately, he didn't come out prepared well enough. He had moulded soles on and he actually slipped. I mean that contributed so to it. Bo- but so moulded soles is the boots where he yeah, probably should have worn the screw ins. The old yep. sprigs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so un- unfortunately, and then he went over. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we heard the moment uh, as described by Gordon Bray. Uh, this is the Fox Sports commentary. What a moment for Kirtley Beale. What a great moment for the comeback kid. He's played really well since he's been on there. I've loved him at fullback. He's running his positional pay. The way he's bounced back into this team's fantastic. Here's his moment to shine. Well, he's had plenty of moments from 
The schoolboy sensation at St Joseph's College in Sydney through to the Waratahs, the Rebels and the Wallabies over the years. Plenty of pressure on him here. It's a long way out. It's Kirtley Beale. He oh, slipped. He slipped. And it is out to the left. And so it's over the dead ball line. And that is going to be it. Two missed kickable penalties will cost the Wallabies dearly. Yes, there it was. The slip, uh, Timmy. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable, wasn't the uh, the voice of rugby, Greg Clark on Fox Sports? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is there a trademark on that? I'm going in a bat for Gordon now. Yeah, but the issue was um, four missed penalties yep. and one conversion missed, so uh, 14 points were left out there. Lee Halfpenny for the British and Irish Lions was sensational. Only missed one kick, and he was kicking them from everywhere. Oh. The, the, the thing about it is to me as well, when you look at the miss the missed points, and I know you mentioned the 14 points, but take away the 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 shots at goal where they're three times or three points three times for example so it changes the game the the, the most crucial one of conversions go from five to seven they're yeah. your three points and they missed that one which could have taken it to three three all but not to be unfortunately well, what what about Berk? what'd you make of George North uh, a wonderful try when he got the ball sixty meters out oh. Beric Barnes didn't put too much on the kick. Um, and George, he's been sensational through the whole tour, but it was an unbelievable try. It, 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 probably the kick went a bit too far, actually, and it just yeah. gave him a little bit of time. Remember the one before, he spilt it as well, so he thought maybe he might just be under pressure. Um, straight through uh, straight through the first one-two defender, uh, I think it was Pat McCabe, then he put a, such a good move on, on Beric Barnes, uh, and Beric perhaps came up a little bit too fast, and then just out-sprinted, and... and yeah, you just know when you're going well when you gave a little bit of a finger to to Will Genny on the yeah. way through then to say thanks mate <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. me. It's amazing though, um, Tony. Most of those players, especially from the Lions, uh, um, out of the Welsh players, mm-hmm. haven't beaten Australia before. So they played them in yeah. the last sort of eighteen months about seven or eight times, hadn't beaten yeah. them. And um, Sam Warburton, he had a big smile on his face. So yeah. I tell you, um, Brian O'Driscoll, yep. uh, he's, this is his fourth Lions tour. And he'd played six test matches before last night and only won one of those test matches. So it was 12 um, years ago. Yeah, 12 years ago at the Gabba. So um, two successes in, in Brisbane. Mm. All right, plenty to come next. Uh, Dr. Tim Horan will go into the dressing room, <laughs> uh, stroke hospital ward that was the Wallabies post-game and tell us exactly what has gone wrong. That's next on The Ruck. Thanks to Rebel. The Triple M Rush Hour. This is the Ruck. Thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. Uh, Tim Horan, Matthew Burke, Tony Squires with you. Timmy and uh, Burke, of course, in the Brisbane studio after last night's test at Suncorp Stadium. I'm lonely guy in the Sydney studio. <laughs> That's a Berkey. song, is it, Tony? It probably is. It is actually. I'm have a you? Lonely guy. I, I miss <laughs> the fact that Berkey. Have you? Are you feeding Timmy? Have you got muffins there today? No, I, I actually uh, dined at the buffet this morning. Timmy's uh, coming a little bit dry this morning. You're a bit hungry, aren't you? Yeah, I'm starving. I was waiting for Berkey to bring in the little sort of blueberry muffins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you, so you, uh, or the bagel, did you... The bagel, Oh, me. you went to the hotel buffet this morning rather than the getting buffet. your bre- breakfast delivered to the room, did you? I wrecked the, the buffet. Right. As, uh, did you start with eggs or what did you go with? Uh, no, a little bit of cereal. Just a little bit of cereal in the, and then out. Uh, you know, you can't overeat these days when you're not playing. <laughs> you... That's rubbish. What is a temple? <laughs> temple of doom. <laughs> temple of doom, exactly right. <laughs> All right. There's a few bodies that uh, are feeling the effects of last night. Uh, the Wallabies really did suffer some injuries. As we said, Christian Liliofano was 52 seconds deep into his first test when uh, he went down concussion. You said to me that, that may be, uh, he may be okay. Just can you run us through what you've learned? 
Yeah, I spoke to the orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Peter Myers, who actually put my knee together about sort of nearly 20 years ago. Um, still, <laughs> still out there at Suncorp Stadium, and he's on the ground, and he's um, he's uh, attending to everyone. But um, to see three players stretch it off for the yeah. Wallabies, I've never seen that in a Test match for, geez, for years and yeah. years. So, it was I mean, good though, Timmy. It was not like uh, in the soccer on Tuesday night when the Iraqi player was stretched off, got to the sideline, jumped straight back up, and ran back <laughs> onto the field. Yeah, back on, yes, <laughs> <laughs> these guys were actually hurt. Yes, they were. Well. Um, it looks like Christian Liliofano will be okay for the second test match. So yeah, they said incredible. that he was knocked out but came to straight away. And Dr. Peter Myers said that um, all the tests that they did uh, five minutes after he was fine, he, he was actually asking to go back on the field. So he was uh, all to it. But it looks like he'll be okay. Beric Barnes is, a, is another issue, um, another sort of severe concussion for him. So uh, That, that was friendly that. fire, wasn't it, Timmy? That was yeah, Israel Folau. Israel Folau pushed back on him. So uh, it looks like Beric may struggle. Uh, Pat McKay is a, a bigger issue. He's had a fractured neck for a, uh, the last six months and it hasn't. Peter Myers said that it's healing but yep. hasn't healed. Yeah. So um, they said that he actually shouldn't have played and they're very worried about him um, after the game. Man. And then Adam Ashley Cooper, I think, has uh, got a small fracture in his uh, collarbone or his shoulder. Yeah, he looked uh, he looked fragile after the game. He had the ice on the, uh, on the shoulder and it was like a... Yeah, there's the team bus that goes away, and then there's another medical bus that took, you know took the guys to the hospital. And that's just yeah, full. full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, but then Tony, the, the hard thing is now is what do the Wallaby selectors do? Because yep. they're going to have to bring in people like uh, Ben Tapawaii or um, Anthony Fainga or Rob Horn. Obviously, he's already part of the squad yeah. because that centre that centre combination really needs to be tightened up. And and do they? bring Quade Cooper in or not. Warren uh, Gatlin mentioned the Quade Cooper name in the press conference after the mm-hmm. game. He threw it up there, just uh, oh, whether it was yeah. a bit of mind games, I'm not yeah. sure. I think he's playing with a curveball from the mound there, isn't he? Yes. Just sort of throwing something out. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, Quade Cooper will genuinely be one of the names thrown around? Uh, look, no, I, I don't. I, I think if he wasn't there to start with and he wasn't included, I don't think so. I, I would... I would, I would like to see someone like Matt Tamua uh, come in there if, if that's the case. If if they need another ball player and and, and someone to direct the team around it, because as we mentioned earlier on, it just sort of lacked that a little bit of cohesion. Uh, if he came in there or, or as a part of the squad just to give some cover, yeah, I, I reckon I reckon Robbie Deans will stay with James O'Connor. I yeah. reckon he'll give him some more, more opportunities to start moulding the team. Currently, Bill at fifteen, and then you don't have to change the team too much. Too much. You can leave Israel Folau on the wing. Digby Yawani was a little bit quiet last night as well; couldn't get himself involved in the game. And then all you have to do is work out who plays in the centres. Mm. Is there any issue in terms of uh, players not available next week? What's the story with James Hall? There was some concern stomping. Yeah, well, he. Uh, it's we've seen a bit of vision this morning that he, uh, he said hello to Alan Jones on the side of a ruck there with his uh, with his boot and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll uh, that'll be picked up. I, di- I didn't see it during the game, Timmy. It, no. it seemed a little bit innocuous, but um, obviously, when you when you cop one down the side of the head, you realise pretty quick. So they've had a look at it, and it'll, it'll go upstairs, and uh, and and maybe we get the biomechanics involved and the solicitors and say it, that he actually didn't mean it. So uh, like they do in the other code. So uh, they need him because um, you know with the amount of injuries that are potentially going to be. Uh, you know, guys left out for next week. You know, to leave your captain. I thought he did well last, uh, last night as well. James Horwell yeah, got to the advantage line well when he ran with the ball. You know, controlled that lineup, won his own ball. So mm. it was, Kane, a, it was Douglas, a big moment for Kane him. Douglas was good as well. His partner, his second row partner. He monstered a couple of blokes last night too. Yeah. One triple three five three. Uh, if you're uh, maybe you were there in Brisbane at the game, uh, give us a call. Tell us what the atmosphere was like. If you are, uh, look, I, I've changed my mind. I will talk to you if you are a British and Irish Lions fan. If you just want, you know, you're living here, perhaps uh, you just want to ring and gloat. 
Uh, we'd love to hear the accent. Uh, give us a call right now. One triple three five three. We'll treat you really decently. This is the Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. The Triple M Rush Hour. And this is the Ruck. Thanks to Rebel Home, British and Irish Lions official supporter gear, and it's the British and Irish Lions official supporters that we're interested in. We've given you the option. One triple three five three to give us a call, have a bit of a chat. You can gloat. We don't mind. Uh, Barney, g'day. He's got. We got Barney there. Is he there? Barney, hey. Good morning. Hey guys, how's it going? Very well, thank you. All right, Barney, were you at the game last night? I was indeed, I was indeed. What an atmosphere, unbelievable. Now, wh- Barney, Barney, where are you from? You're from uh, England by the sound of things, are you? Yeah, I am. I'm uh, from Clapham Common uh, in South West London. And have you just come out here to support the British and Irish Lions? Are you going to all the test matches? Yeah, I am. Yeah, me and a couple of mates have come down. Uh, we've hired a camper van and we're, uh, we're driving around and doing the coastal route and stuff. So, uh, yeah, oh, lots of fun. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a really good uh, coastal route that goes out towards Ayers Rock. A few people have taken the camper van out there before. Shortcut, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Barney, are you, are you thrilled with the exchange rate? Uh, is, uh, you know, Australia cheap for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad compared to London, too far. Yeah. All right, so what about last night? Talk us through the atmosphere. Where were you among a, a mob of, uh, fan, of your own fans there? Oh, mate, Caxton Street was where it was happening. We were all down there with our safari hats and stuff, giving some banter with the Wallaby guys. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was good fun. All right. Do you know, I was going to say, boys, it, it's, it makes for the tour, doesn't it? I mean, the, the supporters makes for the tour. And, and you've already spoken about how many people were uh, were going around and, and, and you know, walking through the city in the sea of red. Yeah. Um, Barney, were you one of those? Did you uh, hit the pubs on the way through and sort of make your you know, slowly make your way through, obviously up to Caxton Street and then down to the stadium? Absolutely. We started about lunchtime, a few quiet beers, and then it's uh, built up gradually throughout the afternoon, and uh, bands are flying backwards and forwards with the uh, with the guys in green and gold, so yeah, it was good fun. Were you how, how, did, how, did you, how did you find the cold beer? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, mate. went down really nicely. <laughs> were, were you wearing a lion's outfit, you know, like we've seen there sold? Were you one of the barbershop quartet? What, what outfit were you wearing? No, I had my uh, lion's jersey, and then we all had our lion's uh, manes on around our heads as well, so a bit of fun. Brilliant. All right, Barney, well played. Uh, welcome. Uh, we've got John, I think, who hails from Hampshire, London. G'day, John. Yeah, hi. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, so you, you're here just for this, or are you uh, living in Australia? No, I'm over for the three tests. I just arrived on uh, Friday morning and uh, got up to uh, Brisbane, and I've just had the best time I'm now. I've managed to get myself down. I'm, I'm actually driving down to some mates in uh, Winua, Winona, I think it is. And I uh, just got back into Sydney this morning, had an early start. So it's been, it's been uh, fairly brutal, but it's wow. been an amazing where, experience. Where, really. where was that place? Where the fox at? <laughs> <laughs> so did he have the hat on? Did he have that hat on? Um, I, I, I saw, uh, I mean, I saw exactly what your last caller was talking about. Like yesterday, we were, we were, uh, yeah, Alan Caxton Street. It was just the best. Um, it was just a great experience. Is this your first time down here as as well, mate? You didn't happen to come twelve years ago, did you? Do the repeat? I didn't. No, I didn't come twelve years ago. Um, I watched that on the telly, but uh, I have been down here before, and it's it's a, an addictive place. It's just a long way. Did you uh, now Suncorp Stadium? The atmosphere. Yeah. It's a great place to watch a game of footy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's right up there with you know the best stadiums I've been to. I've been lucky to get around and watch rugby in all parts of the world, and um, it, it really had a fantastic atmosphere, and um, you know, great view of the great view of everything. But but the the, the crowd, uh, it was an amazing experience last night. I I uh, you know, I mean, you can. Pro- I've, I've lost most of my voice. But we were we were. Um, 
you know, I was actually uh, at this occasion I was at the event by myself, but I had lots of mates in other places in the stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just just the whole atmosphere was just a classic rugby atmosphere. Talk to everybody, you know, wearing gold, wearing red. Uh, it was it was a it was just a wonderful experience for that. You know, we love the game, and a lot of what we love in the game was there last night. And uh, one of the things that I was talking to the guy when I phoned up just a minute ago before you put me on air is. And I really wanted to make this point because it was important to me. I thought that, you know, as a Lions supporter, we've we've experienced a number of occasions on the recent recent tours. We've we know what it's like, what it feels like to lose by one or two points on the last kick of the game. Yeah. And um, I just thought that uh, the grace and the respect and the kind of open uh, way in which literally every single Wallaby supporter that I um, sort of bumped into and talked with after the game. It was so gracious, was so cool, and just sort of took it on the chin and you know move on to move on to Melbourne. And, and I, I just think that needs to be yeah. mentioned. It, it's, I've got a lot of respect for it. Much uh, appreciated, like. John. Much appreciated, and, John. And it was cool, guys. It was really cool. Thank you. I'm just about to get bitter and twisted now, though. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> lucky, lucky we got a two-hour show today. <laughs> exactly. And Luke is called. Good day, Luke. Oh, good day, boys. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, obviously, uh, an Aussie fan rather than an English fan. Yeah, mate. Yeah, definitely. Now, I was just ringing up to sort of um, make mention of the scrummaging. Uh, I thought that was a real highlight of the uh, the Wallabies game after the initial uh, scrum from the Lions, where they sort of really dominated. Uh, it didn't really throw the Aussies off, and they really stuck to their guns and. You know, winning quite some crucial uh, scrums in the opposition half. I thought it was a really a highlight of the game. Yeah, it was, Luke. Uh, Tim here. And I think um, James Slip and also Sakopi Kepu, when they both came on, uh, made a real difference. And I know it's fresh legs as well, but that, that last scrum, when you, uh, you win, a, win a penalty when it's not your feed to the scrum, was a massive call from that Wallaby forward pack. But uh, they've still got a little bit of work to do, but they were pushed around slightly in that first uh, 25, 30 minutes of the match, Berkey. Uh, I was going to say... Uh uh, Luke, have you played your membership to the Front Rowers Union lately? Because you sound like you're part of the Front Row crew. <laughs> Mate, I'm actually a second rower, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're nearly there, anyhow. You're exactly right. No one rings up to talk about scrums. Yeah. Who rings up to talk about scrums? Only people what about Izzy Palau and George North? People have stuck their heads in there. <laughs> Thanks so much, Luke. Uh, thank you no for your either. calls. One triple three five three. Anytime I want to have a chat, uh, we've still got over an hour to talk with you on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. The Triple M Rush Hour. Fighters, this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show, all thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. Uh, thanks so much to those callers who have uh, called 13353, the Lions supporters. Very happy to talk to you. We've got another hour to do that if you want to call uh, at any, anything you've got, if you've got a uh, suggestion for what the Wallabies need to do to win Game 2, which is, of course, next weekend in Melbourne. Did you play any footy in Melbourne, Timmy? Um, played a couple of test matches in Melbourne, yeah. Played against the All Blacks very early on when we played at the MCG. There's about 95,000 oh, wow. people. It was incredible. Well, but the atmosphere wasn't that great because the MCG is such a big ground. So far away, uh, the crowd. So far away. Yeah. It sort of felt like there was probably only thirty or 40,000 people there compared with when you play a test match in the old days at Ballymore. Yeah. 20,000 people. It felt like they were all on top of you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. Berkey, did you play? Have you played at the MCG or Melbourne? Twenty-four, sixteen. Who scored the twenty-four points? I think I scored the twenty-four yeah. points. That's right, Tim. That's right. You're uh, a sort of starter, thanks, aren't thanks, you, Tony. Thanks for leading me into that one, mate. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> member for Dorothy Dixes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there's plenty to come in the next hour, right here on the Ruck. The Triple M Rush Hour. 
Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Yeah, good day, and those Lions beat the Wallabies last night, 23-21. to That's just stage one, though, with three test series. They head to Melbourne uh, to play there next Saturday night, and then the final will, of course, be in uh, in Sydney at the ANZ Stadium last well, night. We're, ho- we're, ho- we're hoping it's the final, yes. hoping it's the decider. Well, yeah, the Wallabies can win next, uh, well, this weekend coming in Melbourne. Well, it has. they have to, obviously. It's, we'll have to win the script that. That's got to happen, no doubt about it. We have, of course, Tim he- Timmy Horan and Matty Berker in our Brisbane studio. Both were at the game last night. Uh, Matty Burke just basically talking himself up on the commentary when Curtly Beale was about to take the kick for goal when this happened. And where, where's John Hills when we need him? Where's Matt Burke when, you need where's him Matt Burke when we need him? Shameless, shameless, shameless. That's, that's oh, your, I that's, told you the story. That's your debut call yeah, and you throw your own story. name out. It's all yeah. about you. I'm yeah. just learning from you, Tim. <laughs> uh, well, a wonderful game, though, wasn't it? Oh. Uh, British Lions supporters everywhere last night and this morning still. It's a... Uh, uh, it was a great um, advertisement for rugby worldwide. Indeed it was. And uh, as is this show. And the next hour that we have to share with, share with you, we, we got... Play- <laughs> Look, I've decided we're going to talk Timmy's, ourselves up. Timmy's Burke about style. to send his, in- Timmy's going to send his invoice through to, I don't know, however many people about that <laughs> endorsement. <laughs> exactly. In this hour, though, apart from previewing that next test, uh, we will uh, come up with the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies. I think we're moving into the halves uh, today. Mm. So we've, we've picked the forward pack. We're going Going into the back line, we start with the halves. That will happen in this hour. And as ever, if you want to talk to us, you can. One triple three five three is a number. It's the Ruck. The Triple M Rush Hour. This is the Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show after the Wallabies uh, just pipped at the post last night by the Lions, twenty three to twenty one. Some interesting thing I saw just before uh, the Lions had run out in the field last night at Suncorp Stadium, and the official at the dressing room uh, door. For the uh, before the Wallabies came out, James Hall arrived and he was holding the ball out for him. Gives James Hall the ball, uh, and then points him in the direction. And you think, well, he probably knows which way it is to the field. <laughs> so this guy standing there, point, as every guy came out of the dressing room, pointing towards where. Yes, there's a you know, fifty-two thousand people screaming. That's yeah. probably the direction we'll go. <laughs> one, one job though, it yeah, is his home. It is his home ground. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> he knew exactly where everything was. Well, he could have been handy actually. Now that I think about it at the Socceroos game on Tuesday night because I was watching uh, at ANZ Stadium and Iraq went on the field and for the entire national anthem they had ten players and there was you know they all come out and hand out with one little kid and there was one poor little kid yeah. with nobody there the oh, guy no. didn't make it onto the field after the anthem you, how can you miss the anthem? well no. I've missed the anthem once before have you? no I've missed what? the yeah, yeah, yeah. anthem <laughs> <laughs> is that because because you do get very nervous before a yeah, test? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit nervous before a test. I was in yeah. Scotland, and mm-hmm. so I probably shouldn't have been nervous anyhow. <laughs> but um, but I, I lined up and I looked at the doctor. And said, "Mate, <clears throat> I'm no good." And he went, "Really?" I went, "Yeah." So I ran inside the change room, had to sort myself out. Really? And then uh, Why came did back you on just again. Do it on the field, Russell Packer style. Couldn't have, couldn't have done Russell Packer style. It was a different one. Oh. <laughs> How's your breakfast, ladies and gentlemen? I hope that's going well for you. We were out there singing, Oh, flower of sky. You were in the bathroom. You were in the bathroom. That is great. You missed the anthem. I missed the anthem. I know that's one of your big career regrets. Nick Farr Jones is, is a fascinating, fascinating human being. Of course, he is a World Cup winning captain for the Wallabies. Now, there's a story of him talking about 
uh, one of the great regrets of his life. And we've talked about this, uh, about the Lions and the importance of this, the one in 12 year opportunity that it is for, uh, to play against them anyway. Uh, and he says that game, not, not being able to win that 1989 series is probably the biggest regret of his career. And I love the, the wording of it. I mean, he must, he does a lot of thinking, Nick Far Jones, in the dark hours of the, the early hours of the morning. At the time, yeah, you regretted losing to the Lions, he says. As I, as I speak 20 years into retirement since my last game, the cracks in the ceiling are getting wider at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And you wake up and you really regret it because as came to pass in World Cups, we got a second roll of the dice. So there he was. He li- now lies awake at night just thinking about that missed opportunity. Is that the kind of guy Nick Far jones is, Timmy? Uh, yeah, I think when he retired, Nick, um, you know, he was asked, uh, what are you going to do now, you know, the night of your retirement? He said, I'm just going to go and have just one quiet beer and 24 loud ones. You know, so, <laughs> but uh, well, I suppose if you, if you asked um, Brad Thorne, did he, would he have any regrets in his rugby career? He has done everything, hasn't yeah. he, Brad? When you look at Brad Thorne, All Blacks World Cup, Super Rugby titles, uh, Rugby League State of Origins, yep. uh, Rugby League Test matches, yep. Heineken, Cup. Heineken Cup. Probably my only regret, Tony, I played three years over in the UK in London, mm-hmm. was not having a really good crack at the Heineken Cup. It's such a prestigious trophy, um, played from you know all sides around Europe. And Berkey, you would have played when you played for Newcastle up there, but you, you, you had a chance to play in the Heineken Cup competition. That was the first year when I went over there. They won a cup beforehand, which makes you eligible. And we went to Paris and got thumped by Stade Francais, but that was the that's the level you wanted to be at. And, yeah. and but you're right though, there's times in your career you just think, wow, if you'd had that back and do something different. Um, for mine, it was it was New South Wales Queensland uh, through Super Rugby. I never won a game against Queensland in Super Rugby. Gee, was, I, gee, I hope that keeps you oh, awake. There was a draw. The <laughs> cracks horrible. in the ceiling are getting larger and larger. <laughs> there was a draw. Uh, and I think what rubbed it in one time was when Timmy Horan was playing fullback and they said, you know, uh, how do you feel about Tim playing fullback? I said, yeah, that, that's great. Uh, you know, look, he, he, he's a, a wonderful player, great runner of the ball, but he can't kick. And he ends up slotting a field goal at the end of the game and just to rub it in. And the hand signals was the Aussie rules style. I think at the end of it was like, thanks for it, six points. It's like, yeah, great. I love it. And fact, the fact to me that your biggest regret is not winning the Heineken Cup basically says that you've ticked most other boxes, really, haven't you? Uh, well, yeah, I was, uh, maybe if we would have won the Heineken Cup, I might have got a year's supply of Heineken. I got a year's yeah. supply of Guinness a while back in the World Cup. But, uh, oh, I think that... Um, no, when you look at it, I was pretty happy with... Uh, I mean, the great thing about uh, a club football... I would have loved to have played a bit more club football because yeah. um, if I had, if my body was up to it, when I finished playing over in the UK after playing with the Wallabies, I would have loved to have come back and maybe had a season with my local club, South, here in Brisbane, just to sort of finish it off. A bit like you know, you know Petro Sivanasivas doing it yep. in rugby league now, going back to Redcliffe, where he started, and he finishes there a year later. You can't... I mean, in the end, you can't have any regrets. I mean, we were playing a hobby for a living, you know, and getting paid for it. So yeah. it was it was pretty special. I mean... There's, uh, you know, what you've done on the positive side certainly outweighs the negative anyhow. So um, I hope these blokes can do the same thing as in come next week to say, hey, we've ticked a box and no cracks in the ceiling. Mm. This is The Rock. It is your Sunday morning rugby show. The Triple M Rush Hour. That's British Columbia. British India, actually, not British Columbia. (laughs) (laughs) You've got British and Irish lines on your mind. British India, someone forgive me, or someone forgive me, please. This is the Ruck, thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear on Triple M. Just chatting rugby on a Sunday morning. That's their one song, Tone. That, that, that's their one good song. Have you just butchered it? British India. Wouldn't they, wouldn't they do a great curry? They do great curries over in London. Well, that, they, they do. And they do. It's absolutely... Welcome to Tony Quiet. What's your name? Yeah. yeah. See, when you go to bag somebody, make sure you can actually get a sentence out before you begin, Berkey. That's just the tip. Uh, the Wallabies. Now, you, earlier we were talking to Benny Moen at the top of the show 
who was just sensational to watch him. And anybody who's making their debut for the any team, really, uh, when they're playing for your country, it's clearly a special moment. I just loved watching him belt out the national anthem last night. Uh, before that test match, we spoke to him. Now, uh, Timmy, you said there was a, there's obviously the jersey presentations. Uh, talk us through it, how that works. It was a little bit different this time around. Yeah, I saw Ben Mowen's parents on the Friday at the team run. I went to watch the Wallabies team run for uh, my research, which Berkey obviously didn't do any for Channel 10. But I went out <laughs> and watched the team run for the Wallabies on that Friday morning. Yep. And all the parents and the mentors of the Wallaby players were there. And I asked some of the guys, what were you doing, doing there, just watching training? They said, well, they were allowed for the first time to go into the jersey presentation on that Friday morning where uh, you're invited as a ex-Wallaby player. They called them a, a classic Wallaby. You're invited and you get one opportunity when you finish your career to go and present the jerseys to the captain yep. and to the team and explain what it meant for you to play for the Wallabies in the gold jersey and, and what drove you during your test career. And... and there's been some great people present the jerseys yeah, over, the, over the, the last probably 15 or 20 years. Mm-hmm. And Rod McQueen sort of brought it in back sort of in the, in the mid-90s. Um, and Alan Jones has done it. The, one of the, my, my favourite ones was the late Trevor Allen, a wonderful centre for the Wallabies. Yep. And he brought in his green, moth-eaten Wallaby jerseys. When they used to play in the green wow. back in the uh, 40s and 50s, and explained to him that was his only test jersey. I think he played about 20 test matches, and that was the only jersey he had. And then, Berkey, probably the other one that um, has happened recently, about two years ago here at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, was that the two Victoria Cross recipients, mm-hmm. Ben Robert-Smith and Mark Donaldson, in their full uniform, yeah. presented the jerseys to James Hall in his first Test match and explained to them what it's like wow. for them to represent their country. Wow, that's sensational. Berkey, have you had that honour? Uh, no, I haven't, Tony. Um, I haven't uh, been able to, to go do that. I think it's... I think you had to spend a little bit of time out of the game as well, um, you know, as in being a classic Wallaby, so to speak. Mm. And I think it's you know such an important occasion that it's a, it's about reflective, about being re- reflective. If I can get it out, mm. it's about the the guys thinking about what they did in the preparation to get ready for a game, and it's so it's so different from what you did in the early days. Who did you have, Burke, in the last, in the last part of your career? Was there anyone that uh, stood out uh, in your career that presented the jerseys that wasn't part of a Wallaby structure, but? We had, uh, for the second test in Melbourne, so this time 12 years ago, going down to Melbourne, the second test, we had Arthur Summons come to really? talk to us, oh, yeah, okay. which was fantastic. Um, obviously a, a dual international, um, and he spoke about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, what represented the green and gold of, of Australia, and, and he, and he and like Trevor Allen to me, he brought a jersey in and just yeah. spoke about it, about the, you know, what they had to do to overcome, you know, a lot of adversity, I suppose, mm. because, you know, at the time Australia wasn't the best rugby playing nation but certainly they had a dig yeah well Tom Lawton um, Tony the former um, hooker for the Wallabies uh, 1984 Grand Slam there was a pushover try against Wales uh, a wonderful player and someone who uh, was sweating bullets uh, on Friday because he was so nervous presenting the jerseys to that Wallaby oh, team. Really? It's, a, it's, a, it's a great tradition. Mm. It is. And I, I like it. In cricket, you see it these days when they, the baggy green cap is presented to a debutant on yeah. the field by, by exactly the same sort of idea. And I think it's just a, a wonderful moment. It would have mm. been a wonderful moment for Benny Moen. And uh, I can only imagine because the, the fear of being presented with that jersey because then I'd have to try to put it onto my uh, large body. And <laughs> they're pretty skin tight. Those things. In early days, uh, Tom, we went before the classic Wallabies, we used to have uh, our jerseys uh, brought to the game by the gear steward. There's a fellow called John Mackay. And John Mackay used to uh, be a bit of a chain smoker. And uh, you'd, get, <laughs> you'd get your jersey at, literally at the ground. And you'd put it on and go, Oh, it smells like a bit of Johnny, can you stop like, with the durries, please, mate? It's killing us. <laughs> it smelled like the jerseys had been through a nightclub. <laughs> <haven't you? laughs>
<laughs> yes, and that actually happened uh, later at night. That after the game. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Says the ruck's still here. We are going to come up with the ultimate wallabies, the halves. That's ahead here on the ruck. The Triple M rush hour. Can't believe we're still running that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed the ruck. Let's get you some scores uh, from around the place. Oh, gee, I saw the. Uh, do you like playing footy in the the absolute wet? It was Coogee uh, Oval, I think, yesterday. Randwick getting hammered a bit by Manly, but it was absolute quagmire. The, cr- the cricket pitch. Yeah, the whole the whole ground was totally underwater. <laughs> totally underwater. I mean, they, 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 wouldn't the groundsman hate that? Like oh. his cricket pitch, it's all it's a, it's obviously an all year round ground. Yeah. Yep. Would you think he'd just fence it off with the star pickets and let him play around it? <laughs> go, around, <laughs> go, go around it. Exactly right. But that whole playing that kind of conditions like when you're seven or eight and playing footy, you think, yeah, you're gonna play yeah, in the rain. Right. When you get to be, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, oh, do I really yeah. have to go out and do that? Just realise. <laughs> exactly. All right, the New, New Zealand twenty four beat France nine, as we said, the Lions twenty three over the Wallabies twenty one. In the NRL, the Roosters uh, beat the Bulldogs twenty to eighteen, the Tigers uh, over the Raiders uh, seventeen to twelve. Eels and the Rabbitohs will play today, of course, and the Titans and Storm uh, ahead as well. In the AFL, Hawthorne, 123, beat the West Coast, 103. Here's a score I don't really want to read out. Port Adelaide, David Kosh must be very happy this morning. 72 over the defending premiers, the Swans, 54 in Adelaide. Kurt Tippett making his debut for Sydney back in the old hometown. Got a very warm reception. Kicked, kicked, <laughs> kicked a goal in the first minute, uh, had another later on, but uh, Port just too good for the Swans. Saints 104 of Demons 69. You, slightly better the Demons, and yeah, as you'd expect, they get a new coach after the after you know a lot of problems this season. They change coach. Craig Neil Craig comes in, and they put up a bit of a fight, but still not good enough, I guess. Tigers 121, Bulldogs 61, and uh, today Fremantle and the Kangaroos and Brisbane and Geelong. And if you were in Brisbane, there's a bit of a party after the rugby test. But I tell you, Miami, that would be the place oh, to be, wouldn't it? W- wouldn't that be going off now? The NBA, LeBron James, that, that's someone Berkey I'd like to be able to play with. Where would you put him? Would you put him at six? That blindside <laughs> breakaway, <laughs> second row, blind. He could run the whole team, couldn't he? Well, you oh. cer- he'd certainly run run off his shoulder later in the evening. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this this mean, is Tone? this is LeBron talking uh, after the game. I'm LeBron James from Akron, Ohio. From the inner city, I'm not even supposed to be here. That's enough. Every night I walk into the the locker room, I see a number six with James on the back. I'm blessed. So what everybody say about me off the court don't matter. I ain't got no worries. <laughs> where's he going with that? Well, I'm not sure where he's going, but he ain't got no worries wherever he goes. <laughs> so, Miami Heat winning that in the NBA final. That was sensational. Uh, his effort was absolutely sensational. What a player. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. The Triple M Rush Hour. And this is The Ruck. Thanks to Rebel Home and British and Irish Lions official support gear. In the next half hour, we'll, of course, preview the second test, solve all the problems that may have come out of last night's test match uh, with the Lions just getting past the Wallabies. It won't happen in the second test. We're here to make sure of that. Uh, we can get do with your help, 13353. If you've got any ideas, we'll get there very shortly. Right now, though... The Wallabies! The Rucks. Australia! Ultimate Wallabies. Yes, we're selecting them, not just for this test series. We're selecting the Ultimate Wallabies side. We've already gone through a Ford pack, which is uh, big on talent and huge on party. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James style. That's the criteria. It, it is. Given that Tim Horan and Matthew Burke are the selectors, they wanted blokes they could just go out and have a beer with. So that's part of the equation. You have to be able to play a pretty good game of footy. We've got a sensational pack. Let's go into the halves. Gentlemen, where are you heading? 
Yeah, I've gone sort of in the halves. At, 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 at maybe at number nine first, Berkey. Uh, I mean, Nick Farr-Jones, wonderful player, 91 World Cup winner. You have to have him there. George Gregan played, I think, 140-odd test matches for mm. the Wallabies and was around for about 15 or 16 years. Uh, Ken Catchpole, um, yep. who is a wonderful halfback. I didn't see a lot of him. I remember seeing some videotapes of him. And then someone like maybe Peter Slattery as well, who was a Queensland halfback, sat on the bench for a record. I think it was 54 times he sat on the bench whilst Nick Farr-Jones was playing. Well, was it, was it that... Kenny Catchpole? He was named the other day, wasn't he, in, in the yeah. first inductees? Invincibles. Invincibles. Yeah. yeah, OK. So I was going to say, uh, at the back of that, uh, Slats would have given uh, Chris Whitaker a run, who uh, yep. didn't get much time uh, on the ground. But he was a fantastic player uh, in his own right. Sat behind, obviously, Gregan for so many years. John Hipwell as well, one of the yeah, earlier of guys. Um, but it comes down to, I, I think, Catchy. I think, you know, Ken Catchpole, as we mentioned, has already got the accolades yep. of... of of last week uh, he's in the Australian Hall of Fame the Rugby yep. Hall of Fame so um, he he may be yeah. our number nine Is it, it's very difficult given those names isn't it one of the things about that the number nine jersey is also the ability to convince a referee that his decisions are wrong <laughs> yeah, you've got to have some good chat you've got to have some chat do you know long, long long time ago just quickly long long time ago Eastwood played a game against University and uh, and at the end of the game you know, we used to have the, the post match upstairs and you know share a beer and our, our captain said to the referee uh, and Bernie by the way his name's Nick not Sir and I was like that's so good like Nick <laughs> Just controlling the game, where the referee was calling him sir. <laughs> uh, maybe then, then we look at the fly half positions, Tony, and yep. you'd probably look at uh, Michael Liner uh, mm-hmm. was one of my favourite players. Had the opportunity and the privilege to play with uh, Stephen Larkham as well. Yep, you would say uh, Matt Giddo. Uh, I would have. It's one player mm. I would have loved to have played with. Uh, mm. I finished. And then Matt Giddo started about a year after I retired. I would have loved to have had a season with a, a guy like Matt Giddo, who's now in uh, Toulon yep. in France, mm-hmm. um, playing I spoke to him last just, week on the show. Yep, and just won the Heineken Cup final about two or three weeks ago. So a wonderful player, and there's there's plenty of other players as well. Throw in there Paul McLean of Queensland and Mark Ella, uh, Elton Flatley, who yeah, uh, held his held his nerve in that '03 World Cup to kick those two goals at the end there, but. Um, you know, I played with with Larkham, uh, Giddo, and also Liner as well, and and, and 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 incredible players. Probably the one who changed the game the most would have been Noddy, I reckon, just yeah. in, in in the way he constructed the game. You know, you just knew where you were around the park, Tim. You played so many times. Yeah, Michael well. Liner was a uh, wonderful player, and I think he gets my vote, Berkey, for, yep. uh, for the fly halves and uh, and Kenny Catchpole for halfback. Tony, there you go. We're so getting through the nine backs. and ten. That's the official Ken Catchpole, Michael Liner. Yep. There you go. They are the halves in the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies. Uh, we'll move further out the back line next week. Uh, still to come, we are going to preview the second test after last night's first test with the Lions 23 beating the Wallabies 21. The Triple M Rush Hour. Oh, I love the end of that. Love the beginning of that. Love the middle of that. That's close to <laughs> the cure. <laughs> Terrific song. This is the Ruck on Triple M. All right. So um, we had some interaction here with uh, people who've been tweeting about some possible changes to the Wallaby lineup for that second test. Obviously, there's going to be forced changes. Some of them, we're not sure yet. Uh, Dr. Horan has been in the rooms. Just those injuries that have come out of the game last night. Some will um, mean there must be changes. Steve Mitchell has uh, written in Radiki Samo is in form. Complaint number eight. Will, yeah. Will Skelton is a bolter for selection. Oh, wow. I'm not sure. Hagel, Hagel was here the other day, though. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Give, give him 50 minutes. Yeah. He's only 135 kilograms and just six foot nine. You know, <laughs> he'd be good in that ultimate fight, wouldn't he? Oh, in, the, in the ring, terrifying. Yeah. Um, You'd run around. Wayne Mog um, and uh, Tamua have to be there, and possibly uh, 
Tamani. Well, what do you think? We've already mentioned about Tamil, haven't we? Uh, Mog is, yeah. Karen says Mog is mature, ready at, 50, at 15. James O'Connor's brilliant on a wing and unless under pressure. Mm. Miriam, Peter Beatham, he had a terrific game the other day too for the Waratahs. Yeah. On the inside of Izzy, worked brilliantly together. Well, there, there, there's options, no doubt about it, Tony. I mean, there's plenty of players who would be able to stick their hand up. It's the, it's the limited preparation to go into this test match to understand how to, how they want to play the calls and the rest of it. And I think that's. Oh, we've. Ah, are you there, Berkey? Lost him. Timmy Horan, are you there? No, we've lost both of them. Uh, see, that's what's happened. They're in Brisbane, the Brisbane studio. You can't leave those two boys alone for a minute without me there to control what's going on. So I uh, have no sound for them. We'll get back to them in a minute. David says that Quaid, without a doubt, uh, Quaid Cooper, who we've been talking about, he would have slotted all of those kicks. Also, Anthony uh, Fainga. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, Ian has also says, Ian was livid that we didn't include Mark Eller in the halves for the ultimate Wallabies. Uh, fair enough. All right, we'll get those boys back online uh, from the Brisbane studio and get the. Uh, we'll speak to Tim as well, get his thoughts on Quade Cooper. In fact, let's go chat with Timmy right now. G'day, Tim. You there? Yeah, Tim's cool. Hey, mate, uh, what's your theory on Quade Cooper? Um. I think given that uh, perhaps two weeks ago uh, Will Getty was on interviewed saying that he'd actually prefer to have uh, someone like Cooper in the team when he was asked yep. than an Evie on Fox. And on top of that, if you think about it, uh, Cooper was on the bench last night and he was slotted in after Lydia Parner was off. Yep. You can imagine how expansive it would have been playing that game and kicking the ball to uh, Israel Palau yep. and opening the game up completely the way we're talking about now anyway. And as a strategic player and as the most I suppose uh, experienced player this year in that specialist play in that specialist position. Yeah, you that, wonder why on earth he's not selected in the in the squad at the very least. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. And it is interesting, of course, that Will Genny did actually come out and say he was the man he most likes to play with and would like to play with. But given uh, that he wasn't in the original outfit, and I. Th- think uh, in all likelihood Quade Cooper probably won't come back in. Not sure whether that's the right or wrong decision. Tim Horan uh, and Matty Burke will rejoin us very shortly on The Ruck. All thanks to Rebel. The Triple M Rush Hour. You two there on The Ruck. A Sunday rugby show. All right, time for us to wrap it all up. Tim Horan and Matt Burke, what button did you press so that you were not there? <laughs> what Timmy the... leant forward and hit the full panel and everything just lit up. <laughs> just... I fell asleep after my two hours sleep last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> just head hit the desk and it was yeah, all I've over. Got a, I've, I've got a button in print of my forehead. <laughs> and that suits you too. Uh, all right. Uh, while you were gone, Tim did call and he was saying about Quade Cooper being the man should have been uh, in the side in the first place. Uh, you don't think he will be the, one of those people, uh, Berkey? Do you think he'll be the guy to come in? Yeah, do I, I, six weeks ago now, I said about combinations for this game because they didn't play any beforehand. I thought, like Tim said about Genny and Cooper because of the limited preparation, they haven't gone with him. Uh, I don't think they'll revert to him now. Uh, I, I, obviously, the first thing they have to do is wait and see how these guys pull up after last night and uh, and if they can get sort of salvage something out of it I don't think there'll be too many changes too many changes just it makes it too hard to then get the combinations right again they've already done it uh, already once yeah it looks like well Adam Ashley Cooper looks like he'll be out with uh, his shoulder injury um, Pat McCabe well, looks like he might be out for a long time, potentially, yeah, with this uh, fracture neck. in his neck that hasn't healed properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Liliofano at 12 looks like he'll be OK for the second test. Not cold in that first minute of the game, but yeah. uh, looks like all signs will be OK. Beric Barnes is a big worry, uh, especially for the, his future in the game as well, yeah. being knocked out again. So um, I think they'll bring in... I mean, Rob Horn from the Waratahs is a centre that has been part of the squad 
Yep. Uh, part of that 31-man squad. Ben Tapawaii, Anthony Fanga from the Reds, those two centres. So I think they've got enough cover. There's a lot more depth, Tony, than there was probably a few years ago. And it'll be interesting to see, Berkey, what happens tonight at the hearing, the judicial hearing mm. for James Horwell will take place okay. in Melbourne tonight. So all the players, the Wallaby players and the Lions players head to Melbourne today. Yeah, that is key, isn't it? Uh, do want him in that team. All right, so all things being equal, how do the Wallabies change what happened last night around? Are you confident that they can do that? Yeah, I mean, the... From what they had, the three weeks in hiatus, so to speak, behind closed doors, I thought their performance was pretty good last night. Uh, I, I think, again, it comes down to that 10 role. Uh, James O'Connor just standing up and controlling the game that little bit more. Um, if he can able to just to direct the players around. I mean, there's some good forward play when they got first off the ruck, but you want someone to control the game. Like, as you, we chose him out, as you spoke about before, Michael Liner, just control the game yeah. as he did in, in the day. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing. So, you know, physicality was right up there last night. I mean, look, they, they came within literally one kick of, of winning the yep. Test match. So it's not all die straights. And I think what Will Guinea has said after the game, and James Horwell, the captain, said that we put ourselves in a position to win the Test match. And that's what they were pretty pleased about. They were obviously disappointed with the loss, but uh, up against a really good Lions side. And Jonathan Sexton for the 10 uh, for the British and Irish Lions. That's what James O'Connor needs to watch the tape of the game. And so he mixed up his game. He ignited players outside of him. He kicked well. He chipped over the top. He kicked long. So he really mixed his game up. Mm. Um, and Israel Flower was outstanding. Digby Iwani needs to get involved a bit more, Tony, next yep. week uh, on Saturday in Melbourne because it was, he tried to get involved um, but just didn't happen for him. But oh, I think both teams will be a lot better for the run and uh, it'll be a massive crowd. 53,000 sold out at Etihad Stadium on Saturday night. And two of those people will be Tim Horan and Matt Burke, the, the travelling roadshow, the circus. <laughs> continues. Continues down in Melbourne. <laughs> so this time uh, next week, uh, I'm confident you'll be coming out of the Melbourne studio and we'll be saying it is one all as we head to Sydney and the decider and that's what we hope anyway get out and enjoy your rugby thanks for being part of the ruck and we'll catch up again next week bye bye the triple m rush out